Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hi everyone, this is Stephen Mo. Today we're going to be speaking with Daniel Flynn, who co-founded Thank You at age 19. Thank You is an Australian social enterprise which is aiming at ending world poverty. Here's an excerpt from that interview. I don't think at Thank You we've faced our biggest battles yet. Mm. And I'm actually, we're in the middle of a tough one right now and, and I can see more coming up. I don't think we've faced our biggest yet. And that scares me because we've had some really big stuff go down. But I've learned this principle that if you are willing to continue to pioneer and grow, the wins will be so much bigger. Mm. But the challenges will be so much bigger too. And so I've got to keep growing my personal ability to lead and stay strong. And if, if, if that falls apart, well, that's not a good thing. It was great to catch up with Daniel and squeeze in an interview while he was here in Christchurch for the Social Enterprise World Forum. Next week, we're going to be talking with Kit Hendon, who's the startup activator at Ministry of Awesome here in Christchurch. So she works with a lot of people who have early stage ideas and want to develop them into social enterprises or businesses. And then we're going to be speaking with Dr. James Austin from Harvard Business School, as well as Mark Ambundo, who's from Kenya and has some great observations about Western culture since he lives here in New Zealand now. If you don't want to miss out on those upcoming episodes, then be sure to hit subscribe. Now let's get into the interview with Daniel. Thanks for joining me, Daniel Fun, who's one of the co-founders of Thank You. It's great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be part of the podcast. And uh, we're actually part of the Social Enterprise World Forum um, interviewing here in Christchurch. Have you been to Christchurch before? Or is this I a, have. I yeah. have been here a couple of times. Actually, I had the chance to come and speak uh, to a lot of young people through the National Young Leaders Day and the World Vision Youth Forum. So ah. um, really cool opportunity to come here. And uh, it's an amazing city, gone through a lot of tough times, but um, love the resilience and the rebuild kind of mindset here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place. I've only moved back about a year and a half ago myself, so... It's great to see the, you know, the spirit coming through. Yeah. So what we do on this podcast is talk a lot about purpose, that yeah. word purpose, mm-hmm. and impact. And in mm-hmm. particular, thinking about people's lives and sort of where they've come from and then trying to work out why did they make the decisions that they've made. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if we can go right back to the beginning and yeah. just give us a little bit of, I guess, where you're from, you know, what your childhood was like, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, I... Uh I grew up in a, a great home, um, you know, pretty simple life with my mum and dad, uh, my two sisters, uh, Jess and Mel, who are younger than me. And yeah, I grew up, I mean, I'm trying to give you a picture of what I was like when I was younger. I was uh, a bit of a uh, excitable kid. Like, uh, I think I told my mum in that context, she's a teacher. So mm. she didn't like this sentence. But I said, mum, she tells me that I told her, mum, my role at school is to make school interesting for my classmates <laughs> she's like that is not your role so that, that I was a little bit cheeky sure. I was I was always willing to kind of push the boundaries a little bit um you know and you know I was also the kid running around the schoolyards uh selling things like gobstoppers or whatever was in kind of on trend I, I, there was a little bit of an entrepreneurial streak in there um and then in my kind of late teenage years I I'd sponsored a child through World Vision. And so there was an element of it's important to make a difference built in there. Mm. And that kind of 
all culminates really with, uh, you know, when I, when I turned 19 and this whole idea of thank you begins, which is really this intersection of entrepreneurship and impact. Right. So just take us back a little bit from there, because I want to get to that, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, the, the kid who's selling anything else to other kids, yeah. you know, like what, what do you think drove that? Where did that come from in terms of entrepreneurial? Because yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, we had some mint in the back garden. Yeah. And so I made mint tea. Mm. And then I sold the mint tea out the front of the house, you know, that type yeah. of thing, yeah. just little things. Yeah. But I've often wondered, like, where did that come from? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, are we born with it? Do we learn it? I mean, my grandfather was a builder. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was you know, quite entrepreneurial. Maybe there was a little bit of it in, in the heritage. I think, too, I was just fascinated by not really making money, but I, I kind of just did it because why not? Like, why aren't other people doing it? And mm. I, I, look, as a kid, I never got pocket money. Mm. <laughs> so maybe it was like, <laughs> hey, all these other kids got money. They're getting it for free. I got to work for it, but I'm going to work for it. Right. Um, maybe that builds into it as well. Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit more about like what was happening for you in high school. Did you know what you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, if I go through my high school years, so like primary school is I'm selling gobstoppers, pet yabbies when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I now look on that as like animal cruelty. What was I doing selling yabbies in lunch boxes at school? But, you know, so I was doing that in high school. It kind of progressed. So mm. I, I started looking at things in, in late high school around currency trading. Okay. Really crazy stuff. But I, I, I'd research it. I'd learn. I'd be like, that's fascinating. I should try it. Made a lot of money, lost all of it. You know, like like it was a really funny, odd time. Was reading a lot about property development. Actually thought I'd probably end up in property. Like, mm. and, and then I end up taking, just when I finished school, a degree in, in property development and construction management because I thought, I thought I'd figured out that's my purpose. That's where I'm heading. Right. It's in my family line. You know, I, I'm fascinated by, you know, uh, by building stuff mm. and making things this is where I'm heading. Mm. Um, so yeah, I suppose I had kind of figured it out, but it turns out I was kind of wrong you right. know, <laughs> on, on where it may, may one day end up. Yeah. So just talk us through that in terms of uh, that process. So you, you said you were 19. Yeah. Um, what was going on there? What wh- Was there a certain trigger point or was it a slow gradual buildup that you thought, oh, I need to do something different here or... Yeah. Or is it a distant, hazy memory now? No, no. It, for me, it's pretty vivid. Like, it was a trigger point. It yeah. was, I was running in a lane thinking, and, and the thoughts I was having because of the books I was reading, I'm thinking, if I'm not a millionaire mm. by 21, mm. I'm a failure. Right. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, but it, it is where my head was at because it, you know, from 15, 16, 17, 18, I'm reading books written by millionaires and property developers. And I'm like, all right. So I'm on like a one track mind. It's about growth. It's about, you know, building and success and numbers. And then I have this really bizarre moment, mm. which, you know, it shook me. Mm. And I th- I look back on it. I'm like, what? Like I'm sitting there at my computer and I'm watching um, some stories of kids in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, now, the statistics behind the story was... 900 million people didn't have access to clean water. Mm. Four and a half thousand children were dying every day from waterborne disease. This is in 2008. Right. But I'm watching kids talking about the brother or sister they lost. Mm. And I'm there and I'm crying. Mm. And I'm like, this is wrong. Mm. This is wrong. Like, how do we live in a world that is so developed that, like, 
I mean, it, it, it was for a kid born in Melbourne in a developed country, thinking about don't fail as in you must be a millionaire by 21. Like, and then you, you got some kids and you're like, that kid's never going to be able to dream. They're stuck collecting water and it's water that could end up killing their family. And I, I'm sitting there crying and I'm thinking, why am I crying? Like, I know I'm moved, but like, what? like, mm. yeah, yeah, maybe one day I'll give back, you know, like that's, or, or, or even one day soon. But yeah. once you've made your million, yeah. maybe you'll donate something, right? Totally. That's the model. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the model set before us. You become very successful. Yeah. You give a bit or you give a lot. Mm. And there's a certain badge of honor with that, to mm. be honest. You know, mm. it, it has a title philanthropist you know i'm a you know you could be an entrepreneur and a philanthropist you know it's like right. wow but it's funny because even though that's how the system works or has worked in the past i think in that moment and over those coming weeks i saw a different way and it was not around when there's money mm. or one day we'll give back mm. it was like what if it could start now and I, I, I saw something, and the only way I can describe it is I couldn't unsee it. I saw the world water crisis, and I saw another statistic that said we're spending $50 billion globally on bottled water, which today is $190 billion. Wow. Yep. And it's ridiculous. And I, I've, you know, in every interview, everywhere I go, I say I think bottled water is the silliest product on the planet. Mm. It shouldn't exist. But I think bottled water is almost like a mirror to us as 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 humans, as consumers, it's an ugly reflection, but it's like, whoa, we pay three, four dollars for this. What are we doing? Mm. And what I saw was an opportunity. What if there was a brand of water that gave all its profit to funding water projects? What if, what if we could turn what is a seemingly dumb moment into something more powerful? And that's where thank you and this whole idea of giving back now, not one day began. Mm -hmm. And it caught me. It caught my attention. It caught my my mind i was fascinated and i couldn't i couldn't drop it yeah you couldn't and you couldn't unthink that huh? exactly it, it just it was there yeah yeah so that was the origin looking back did you have any clue what it was going to become i mean is it a it, this is a funny question because where we're at is incredibly humbling mm. and it is incredibly you know overwhelming to see the numbers and the the team size and the in you know all the different opportunities i mean just got a chance a few moments ago to speak at the, you know, World Social Enterprise Forum. Like, okay, like it's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, very early on in thank you, like within the coming probably days and months, my head ran so quick. Just like it ran quick thinking millionaire by 21, build more properties. And then you start thinking about the tens of millions or hundreds of millions or billions. Like my head was, it could run quick that way. Now it was running quick in a different direction. Mm. So now I'm going from like, there could be a bottle of water company. But this word thank you, which we kind of toyed around with a couple of friends. What if that was the brand name? I was like, thank you could be everything, anything. It could be in every country. It could, And like... As a 19-year-old kid, it's like now my mind's running a thousand miles an hour. And it's funny because if you ask me right now, is it what you thought it would be? Or well, actually, when I was 19, I kind of thought it'd be bigger, further. Sure. But at the same time... Because the 19-year-old had the dreams of being a millionaire at 21, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was a translation of that materialistic yeah. sort of dream into, well, with thank you, we could do that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that is 
kind of where my head was at. But mm. I, at the same time, I'm shocked at how far it has come and very grateful and blown away with the, the journey and also the potential that mm. lies in front of us. Mm. Mm. So just talk us through um, from 19. I know there's been a lot since then. Yeah. Um, what have been some of the, I guess, the key maybe highlights and then also some things that you've learned from as you've gone? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think one of the highlights for me was uh, Jared and Justine, who um, at the time, Jared was my mate, Justine was my girlfriend. Mm. Um, them both joining me on the mission and a few others joined and it was like, went from a kid with an idea to like a group of people. Right. And there's this amazing quote out there. Um, I think it's Margaret Mead. It says, um, one person can make a difference. Mm but a small group of determined people could change the course of history. Mm. And I think on reflection, one of my highlights is meeting that small group of people and then coming around the idea and having not just a, a lone ranger, but like a, a, a t- the three of us, like we could launch this and this could almost transcend even us. Like this could be bigger and it should be bigger than mm. just us. This should be about the impact it could make. And, and so that's a highlight for me. I mean, early days, we had no idea what we're doing. Mm. Um, one of the first questions Jared asked is, how do you start a pot of water company? And we're, like, we're laughing like, I don't know. You know, like, and, 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 and the joke is, but the reality is we just Googled it. That for me sums up our whole history is like, we just Google it. Like we don't actually know what we're doing, but we learn. We can all learn. Yeah. Uh, but we learn. And, with, and part of that, I guess, is you're not afraid to make a mistake or, you know, yeah. you Google it, you learn, and then you try something else, I yeah. guess. And because we don't have all of the uh, experience and all the understanding of how systems work and right. the status quo and all that, we're kind of like, oh, why don't we just do this? Why don't mm. we try that? And it, it seems a little naive, um, but I actually think it's some of that naivety, some of that brash and braveness that has really carried us to where we are. Mm. So for me, uh, a particular highlight was when we first landed what was at the time the largest distributor of beverages in our country. They're a company called uh, NBC. They look after Red Bull and Lipton Iced Tea, so huge global brands. Mm. Now, our factory manager, who just come on board <laughs> on a whim, literally was like, I'll back it. And we're like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. We go from that meeting into this huge, huge pitch. And the director in that meeting, one hour in, says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it. I'm going to take 50,000 units from you guys. He's like, how quick can you get it to me? And we were we were shocked because our factory manager said you won't get in the way the system works is you start small, prove your model, work your way up. Right. But now we're in the room knowing we're not going to get the deal, but we're just like going all out because this is going to change the world. So we should be with the biggest partners. Now he's saying, how long, how long will it take you to get us 50,000 units? And we told him three weeks and he's laughing. But it was, it was like... In manufacturing, you need a lot longer than that. But right. we, we pulled that number out and, <laughs> yeah. and and it took us longer than three weeks. But I love the day we landed that deal because that was that moment of we shot for the stars. We hit them. Yeah. And along the journey, there's been these other amazing moments where that has happened. But I got to be honest, like there have been so many tough moments. Mm. And I think from the outside in, people look at now 55 products, 50 staff, all of, you know, in Australia, we have the number one and number two selling line of hand wash in the country. So people look at some of these things and they're like, wow. But it's not until they buy chapter one or that until they read into our story, they're like, oh, so it took you three years after that meeting 
at MBC where you landed 50,000 bottles. It took you three years to land your first national retail deal. Then it took you another two years, so five years in total, mm. to land the supermarkets. And, and it's during those ups and downs and during those times where we were failing, they were the hardest because not only were we not getting the retail deals, I mean, you've read the book, man, there's so much that goes wrong. Mm. People copy the idea. Some retailers promise to stock it and they bail on that. Mm. You know, others launched us and then went bankrupt. And it was like the most turbulent, particularly those first three years. Mm. Um, well, I'm really interested in unpacking that. So let's go there a little bit. Just yeah. because I think a lot of people are listening. They may have an idea. They may have started a business or they're trying something and they're into it, you know, a month, six months, a year, and they're thinking it's not really working or whatever. And one of one of the things that I would usually say to people is, look, you're running a marathon. You're not yeah. running a sprint. Yeah. And I think we can get focused particularly on, you know, we've got to get it done within six months. And if we don't, then we failed somehow. But yeah. um, just talk us through that. Like, yeah. what, uh, well, what gives you energy to keep going through that, you know, that three-year period, for example? So. Yeah. So that three-year period was a pretty, pretty dark one. Like, we, we had some cool moments, but... You know, and, and the little wins get you, uh, you know, keep keep you going. Yeah. But for me, it was around vision and purpose. Mm. I saw something I couldn't unsee. Mm. Now, that might sound easy for me to say. It was hard to stick to that. Like, I could see this product everywhere. I felt like it had to be there. I felt like it must. Like, if we are going to have bottled water as a society, mm. that's dumb. But if we're going to have it, we have to have this option. You've got to embrace it. Uh-huh. And we, we must, this this idea of getting water to people in need, it must exist. So there was like a resolve, like a drive. Mm. But I think too, it came down to a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I talk about if you know the why behind what you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, I don't talk about it. Simon Sinek. Everyone talks about it. Start yeah. with why. Yeah. But yeah. Simon Sinek's words are brilliant because when you know your why, I mean, I've experienced that you get knocked down, but you'll bounce back up. Right. Again and again and again and again and again. And when you know your why, you'll be prepared to do things that others are not prepared to do. Mm. People are like, why did you do that? Oh, because I knew my why and it went deep. So my challenge to listeners is like, discover the, that purpose. And it's not as simple as my purpose is a business or my purpose is a cause. It's actually bigger. It's all encompassing. Like I, I think for me, purpose comes from little moments that you have. And, and part of like uh, my journey, I've had a moment in Burundi, which is a country next to Kenya, meeting a 12-year-old who used to collect dirty water. Right. And he used to, I walked with him. I saw the water he used to collect, and now I see the clean water him and his entire community have. Now, that's a cool day, but that's one of my personal moments that is one of hundreds. And it, it, it kind of, it's like, it just, it builds up like this little bank account. Mm. And, you, and if you keep feeding that bank account of that purpose and that drive, um, it grows and it grows and you'll get a knockback and that'll empty that account a bit. But if you've got a reserve, you'll go again. So it's about feeding that. It's about topping that up. And for me, that's, you know, focusing on cause, focusing on purpose, focusing on the overall vision, celebrating the little wins. Ah, mm. oh, it's not a billion or a million dollars, but it's a thousand. And sure. look, it's something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I hear you. And you'd get energy from that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, Wow, because the problem is that what we don't we don't celebrate the little things. I think yeah. we we're too often focused on the million dollars or the yeah exactly. got to get 
got to get whatever it is. And actually, if you aggregate all the little things, yeah. you're actually doing really well. Yeah. But we tend to not focus on those little wins. I think yeah, it's like, it's true. yeah, well, that's good. Good, yeah. good lessons from the journey. Yeah. And can you just tell just an overview, I guess, of your business model or, sure. or how it is that it works so that yep. people can understand that? Yeah. So we, we uh, thank you is our brand name, but we're a social enterprise mm -hmm. and we sell consumer products and give 100% of the profit to uh, funding uh, life-changing work, uh, so aid and development projects in mm -hmm. developing countries. And our, our purpose statement, which I love, is this simple sentence to empower humanity to choose a world without poverty. And we see our role as an empowerment tool to go, hey, as an individual consumer, maybe you can't make much of an impact with your dollar, but if you combine it with everyone else's, together we can change the world. Mm -hmm. So we've we've got a range of bottled water that funds water projects. We've got body care products that fund health and sanitation, mm -hmm. a food range where all profit funds food programs, and recently a range of baby products, including nappies that fund infant mm -hmm. and maternal health projects. Right. So by buying the product, you're actu you actually know that you're going to help someone in Africa or Asia or exactly. wherever it is. Yep, and you're going to spend the money anyway. So why not? And we'll prove it. So every product has its own unique tracker code. And when you type that code into our website, it zooms into the GPS coordinates of the well or the filter mm. that you're funding. So we're not just saying it, we're proving it yeah. uh, or doing our best to prove it. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. And that's adopting technology that's available now that maybe, yeah. you know, 10 even years ago, maybe wasn't there, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And just in terms of the future and what you have planned or what's going on in, in terms of your, your what comes next. What are your thoughts on that? You know, um, I mean, we're dreamers. Even at the start of this mm. chat, we're talking about like, oh, it could be bigger. Um, one of our big flaws in our model, mm. one of the great challenges is scalability. Not in our head. Like in our head, we think this is scalable. Mm. But in real life, the real world, it is hard to scale because we have a lack of access to funding. Mm. So our business is owned by our charitable trust. And that 100% ownership means we have no shareholders and no investors, but we are always thinking, how can we creatively scale this? And so one of the ideas which we launched last year was, we believe Thank You should be bigger than Australia. We said, what if New Zealand was the first country to launch Thank You outside of Australia? And we ran a crowdfunding campaign to fund the launch. And the crowdfunding campaign centered around the book that you purchased, yeah. chapter one. Yep. And the book is the first chapter of the Thank You story, but 100% of the profit from chapter one will fund chapter two, mm. which is the future. It's this whole idea of us as consumers becoming like mini social investors. Mm. We launched the book with a pay what you want price. We've had people pay five cents, 10 bucks, $50,000 for one copy was the most, which just blows our mind. Yep. But the book has gone on to raise now over $1.8 million profit, a 2.4 million revenue. The book in, in airport bookstores, sold at a pay-what-you-want price, it outsold every business book launch in its launch week mm. and was second to only the Harry Potter book launch. Wow. Crazy stuff. But what I'm getting to is that book is really consumers coming together, pulling their money to handball the idea to New Zealand, to which I hope New Zealand run with it, launch it, and it goes so well that then what's next becomes mm. maybe further. But we're, we're taking it one day at a time, mm. one country at a time, and we're in no hurry. Uh, I mean... When I say that, there's a part of me that kind of dies because I'm like, extreme poverty shouldn't exist. We need to run as fast as we can. But I'm also a big believer, as are our team, in being built to last. Not a fly-by-night kind of flaky little thing. It, it, this has got to be built to last. And that means 
to build sustainably means sometimes building slower than you want to, mm. but you are building foundation on foundation. And for someone who grew up in construction management and thinking I was being, you know, a construction manager, I know that there is a certain amount of time it takes to be to build a great skyscraper. And mm. if you rush that process, if you hit to the next phase when the concrete's still wet, if you underinvest in the foundation, you'll lose everything. Mm. So maybe my degree that I never finished was worth something. It's a good principle, isn't it? You know, get the foundations right before you start building because uh, if you haven't got that foundation there, it's all going to fall over. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. And so what are some of the things that you might tell your 19-year-old self if you could go back? It's an interesting one because I think me at 19 back then, I was a lot more um, stressed Mm. and a lot, less fun <laughs> like i was really intense because we, we need to change the world we need to get there we're failing we need to grow it's very intense and i never truly understood this whole idea of celebrating wins and actually enjoying the process for me i was so outcome focused like mm. i was like i mean back to that millionaire by 21 like that's an outcome mm. that you either make or you fail you, but that's dumb like we need to enjoy the process and mm. I had mentors point that out to me. I had mm. people talk about celebrating the wins and really, you know, hold that mirror up to my face and I go, wow, I'm not nailing that. And I would tell my 19-year-old self, enjoy the process, celebrate the wins and I'd probably throw in there, this is so much harder than you think it's going to be. <laughs> this is so much more lonely, so much less glamorous, so hard. Mm. It'll be the hardest thing you ever do, but do not give up. Do not give up. And, I, you know, I'm telling my 29-year-old self that right now because it's still hard. It gets yeah. harder and yeah. I don't want to give up because I, I can see where we should, could be. Mm. And it's not easy to get there, but I, I believe we will. Mm. And so how do you keep up that energy? You know, because you're, you're here in Christchurch. We just talked, you know, you're yeah. flying back home later. Yeah. It is a marathon. What are some, are there any tips that you've got for people or is yeah. it a, yeah. every know, individual is different? <laughs> yeah, may, maybe. I, I, I think... Yeah, like even right now as we're talking, I'm tired. I think I flew in at 1 a.m. I got to bed at 2 and then we're up yeah. early for, you know, meetings and interviews and mm. sessions and mm. back of a big week. Uh, it, it's a marathon mm. and we're nine years in and we've got, I don't even want to say how many years left, but but realistically decade upon decade upon decade. Mm. And, you know, I've got a young family now. I have a two-year-old, mm. uh, Justine, who was my girlfriend and co-founder. We're, we're now married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we've got a balanced family. And I'm flying home in literally half an hour or so or an hour or two because I need the weekend with the family. Yeah, We need to be together. Yeah. Now, it means I'll miss out on some great conference time here and all, but I've, I've now got to balance. What do I focus on to keep the energy levels up? You know, I, um, you know, I, I actually would encourage people to really dig deep because I don't think you can make it on any marathon, on any long journey, on any, any kind of Mount Everest climb without really understanding that deeper compass and that Mm. individual personal drive. Mm. And, you know, I mean, in the book, I really unpack this in deep. I'm like, I open up about stuff like I talk about meeting Vianney at 12. I talk about my childhood growing up in a family that went to church and I learned all about, you know, pretty much good values, which actually, to be honest, isn't enough. <laughs> good values isn't enough. I, I kind of walked away from them a little bit. Um, but actually, in my late teenage years, I end up making my own personal faith commitment. And I open up about it in the book. Because while I realize that every reader, mm-hmm. even every staff member we have will have a different 
religion, background, set of views, beliefs, and, you know, mine happens to be Christian. I'm really passionate about it. But but everyone has to find what is that kind of that that thing that fills you on the inside that kind of it gives you a peace that you don't really understand, but it's there and you can lead from that. Mm. So, so look, I actually think it's a deeply personal journey. You know, I, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago, it might have been a month ago now, to fly to LA, Hollywood, to speak at a big conference. And they gave me an 11 minute keynote slot. And I was like on the phone to the organizer. I'm like, um, 11 minutes is not long. You know, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming from Australia. Is there any chance I could get a few more minutes? And he goes, no. Right. It's 11 minutes. <laughs> it's 11 minutes. But then yeah. he said a sentence I'll never forget in my entire life. He said, if it makes you feel any better, I gave William five minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I will never forget that. I got a chance to share alongside Gary Vee and all these people. And the more I, I kind of learn from and, and listen to some of these incredibly bold leaders, mm. the Bransons of the world, they're actually all talking about spirituality. They're all talking about a deeper purpose. And I'm like, wow, it's a common thread. And it's like until you wake up to, I've really got to get my own kind of foundation right, whatever that looks like for you individually. It's at that point you can start to do what others aren't prepared to do, mm. you know. And um, look, my encouragement to people is just to, to search, keep searching and, and go deep mm. um, because, you know, I I don't think it, thank you, we've faced our biggest battles yet. Mm. And I'm actually, we're in the middle of a tough one right now and, and I can see more coming up. I don't think we've faced our biggest yet. And that scares me because we've had some really big stuff go down. But I've learned this principle that if you are willing to continue to pioneer and grow, the wins will be so much bigger. Mm. But the challenges will be so much bigger too. Mm. And so I've got to keep growing my personal ability to lead and stay strong. And if, if, if that falls apart, well, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. I'm just thinking if people want to connect with you, if they want to get the book or be involved, I know you've got um, like a newsletter for people in New Zealand, for example. Yeah, yeah. Where should we send people to if they're interested? Honestly, if you live in New Zealand, we would love to have you on board for the launch. Um, currently, we've got on our website, thankyou.co.nz, a sign up for anyone in the country who wants to join the launch team. Now, it's not a big thing. It's just a way you'll be the first to get emails, updates. And when we launch, you'll see, okay, cool. There's work that I can contribute to. Yep. And and we love you on board for that. Our website, thankyou.co, has our book, chapter one. Mm. You know, uh, we wrote it not just to tell you our story, mm. but to say, here's everything we've learned. And, you know, usually when I read books, sometimes I sit in my little room at home thinking, wow. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Wow, that person's made it. The point of chapter one is like, we haven't made it. Right. We've started and we're learning and failing. And here's a book that doesn't just share our wins and like one or two failures. Here's everything. Here's all the failures and a couple of wins. Mm. And we're trying to just kind of unlock to people mm. where human everyone is. It's not as easy but learn and let's learn together. And we're one chapter in. We dream of 10, 12 chapters. Who knows where it could go? And 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 I kind of hope everyone else does for their own life and we can kind of grow together. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. I love the transparency, you know, the, that yeah. you're willing to say, well, open the doors and 
here it is, you know, That's here's it. the good stuff, the bad stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people will really enjoy the chat that we've had. You know, we've gone quite deep in yeah. relatively short time. So I really appreciate your time. I need to let you get going so you can get to the airport yeah. and get on the plane. But thanks again for your time today. Hey, so good to connect. I really appreciated Daniel taking time out. As you heard in that interview, he'd had a very long day. And after the interview, he was heading straight off to the airport to fly back home. It was really great to hear what they have planned for New Zealand as well. And I'd encourage you to go to their website and sign up for the newsletter so that you can keep up to date with their expansion over here. And I wanted to say a special thank you to Estelle, who's the New Zealand campaign manager for Thank You. And she's the one who set up the interview. Now, next week, we're going to be speaking with Kit Hendon, who is the startup activator at the Ministry of Awesome here in Christchurch. And she had a lot of great things to say. Here's an excerpt from that interview. I mean, I think a lot of it is learning that I do my best work. I'm the most connected with uh, myself, with other people, with the earth, with community when I slow down. Um, I've often fallen into the trap, and I haven't actually 100% nailed this one yet, Sure. Um, of thinking that by multitasking and rushing around and doing a million things that I'll, I'll get more done. And it isn't the case. When I stop and take time to breathe and review and assess um, or just to do nothing, that's when the creative ideas come. Mm. Um, that's when I really feel tuned in and connected. So breathe, slow down. And also I think to identify what are the moments of joy that I'm having and how can I expand on those and learn all I can about those things and do more of that in my life. Because I think for me that's part of purpose. You know, those moments where I feel totally joyful, that's when I'm on purpose. The intention in doing this podcast is that over time there will be a database of stories that can be accessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, then have a look at some of the previous ones because each person that I've interviewed brings a unique voice and talks a lot about purpose and what it means to them. And I think we can learn a lot from every story. Until next time.